It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Untold Story. I'm Martha McCallum. With the release of the Durham report, new light has been shed on the FBI's investigation into the Trump campaign during his 2016 presidential run over alleged collusion with the Russian government to interfere in the 2016 presidential election. The Durham report concluded that, quote, the department and the FBI failed to uphold their important mission of strict fidelity to the law in connection with certain events and activities described in this report. End quote. I interviewed former assistant U.S. attorney Andrew McCarthy, Fox News correspondent David Spunt, former U.S. attorney Brett Tolman, and former deputy chief of staff for President George W. Bush, Carl Rove, to get their immediate reaction to the release of the Durham report on this episode of The Untold Story. Former federal prosecutor Andy McCarthy joins us now. Hi, Andy. What are you seeing? Hi, there? Martha. Well, it looks like about what you'd expect if you followed this story closely over the last number of years. But what Durham is concluding, mainly the target of the investigation, it appears on the basis of what we've been able to see so far is the FBI in particular, which ran the Crossfire Hurricane investigation. That was the code name that they had for this. What he's saying is that they lacked fidelity to the strict obligations of law enforcement, that they basically took information Uh, that was politically motivated from obviously politically motivated sources. It's clear he's talking there about the Clinton campaign, that they didn't vet it, they didn't corroborate it. They went to the FISA court and swore to it under oath. And even after it emerged over time that the information that they had presented to the court was not accurate, they not only didn't go back to the court and correct it, they doubled down and continued to get new surveillance warrants. So you're saying it basically adds up to uh, the reporting that we've had over the last several years and you have reported on and talked about throughout the course of this. And it took years uh, to get this report, really, Andy. So, I mean, that, that, that's one of the big questions. What took so long and what's the impact of this report? Yeah, I've always suspected, Martha, that what what would frustrate this investigation and what would make it take so long is it seemed to me that American intelligence agencies and also foreign intelligence agencies were pervasively involved in this. And it was always going to be very difficult for Durham to get to the bottom of that, because uh, even if there was smoking gun information there, and I don't know if there was or there wasn't. I do know that what they're saying is this 300-page report is unclassified. There's apparently a 29-page classified annex that's uh, that's attached to it, but mainly what we're getting is an unclassified report. That suggests to me that um, no matter what was there, the intelligence relationships that exist between uh, American intelligence services and their foreign counterparts are too important to national security that they were going to be risked in order to be completely transparent about what happened and how this investigation got started. I mean, it kind of blows you away because really what we're hearing here is that everything that was suspected by many and reported on extensively, that there was an effort by the Clinton team to create and fabricate a tie between the Trump 
team, campaign team, and President Trump and Russia, and that they had a, they were hanging something over his head. It all goes back to this uh, steel dossier that we learned over time was was fabricated, that they didn't have faith in it even at the time in many ways, but they kept using it over and over to keep prodding further and further into the Trump team and hanging all of this over their heads while they knew that they didn't have this connection uh, that was substantial to, to Russia or that was compromising them in any way. So, so now what? You know, I mean, now what, Andy? <laughs> Well, I, I, you know, I think what the FBI would say is that the people who ran the investigation have all been removed from their. Mm -hmm. uh, Are we going to hear apologies from, the from them? I wouldn't hold my breath on that. Yeah. So where do you know, in terms, you know, you've got this weaponization investigation going on in Congress right now into exactly this, right? The weaponization of our intelligence agencies. You see in polling that people have lost faith in our intelligence agencies because they they think that Lady Justice, you know, is not blind when it comes to investigating people of different political backings. And then you've gotten all of this Biden uh, investigation that's going on that shows $10 million that came in from China and from Romania and other countries. And that's real money and potentially real influence. So what are people to make of all that, Andy? Yeah, I, I think what you've just hit on, Martha, is the most important thing here. You know, I, it, it's very interesting how this affected our electoral politics. But the thing that's always bothered me the most about this is that National security is the one area of, of the government where they have to be able to look you in the eye and say, you can trust us to wield these awesome powers. Because if you can't maintain secrecy, then you really can't protect the country. We don't give the FBI these powers because we think the FBI are great guys. We give them the powers because we need the country protected. And there are bad actors all over the world that are looking to harm Americans and American interests. And what I've always worried about is that that if we get to the point, and what you've just summarized uh, indicates, uh, I, I think, wisely that we may be getting to that point, uh, if we get to the point where we say we can't trust these guys, then what's going to happen is those powers are going to be, if not completely eliminated, they're going to be attrited or reduced. Mm. And that's not going to make the country safe. You know, we still have a country to protect even if we have uh, people in their uh, in their stupidity who got themselves involved in a political campaign. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm thinking about Carter Page and George Stephanopoulos and people whose lives were altered by all of this. This is this is the Durham report, folks. Uh, it's pretty thick. It's a couple hundred pages, I believe. And uh, this is what we've waited for for years. We remember when Bill Barr designated uh, John Durham and said, you know, you take this investigation on the outside and Everyone said that Durham was, you know, a straight up guy who would do a good job. Then you had COVID hit. So it took forever to get through this. Um, and and here we have it, you know, just just scrolling through it. I see the name Kevin Kleinsmith. And I think he's one of the only people who was actually charged in this for changing yeah. a document uh, about whether or not Carter Page was an asset. And they knew it. So will anyone else see justice or accountability based on this, Andy? You know, Martha, I don't think Kleinsmith got much justice or accountability. As you say, he not only changed a, a document, that was a document that was being submitted to the FISA court by the FBI under oath. And he basically got a slap on the wrist from the court. And what I also imagine you'll hear over the next uh, few days from uh, critics of this investigation, uh, you know, critics of Barr, critics of Durham, is that, you know, he, he tried these two guys 
uh, Michael Sussman, and then one other uh, guy who was a source of the uh, of the Steele dossier, and they got acquitted. Yeah. And I think you know a large part of the reason they got acquitted was because the theory of the cases was that these lies duped the FBI, and it was going to be very hard to convince a jury of that when it seemed like the FBI was in on it. So, you know, there'll be a lot of questions about why he brought those cases because I think uh, he brought them in good faith. I think these people did make false statements, but the thing is, the acquittals in those cases are going to be used to undermine his report, no matter how strong the report is. No, you're so right. And, you know, I'm looking at the, the headlines that are flashing across some of the other channels. Uh, and CNN says that the report concludes that the FBI never should have launched the Trump-Russia probe. And Andy, right. I'm thinking about some of the breathless coverage that we watched. I'm thinking about John Clapper, Brennan, all saying, oh, the big indictments are coming because President Trump is so deeply entrenched and they're holding stuff over him in Russia because of the deals that were made during his campaign, right? The Pulitzer Prizes that were given for the coverage right. of this story. And this report, Office of the Attorney General, says that the FBI, based on what they found, had no no credence to launch this investigation, Andy. Yeah, but what, Martha, what are we to make of the intelligence community? You know, we have this episode, and then we have the letter that the 51 former intelligence agents, including some of the people yep. that you just mentioned, signed off on. They say that the Hunter Biden laptop, the data that the New York Post reported on, they say that that bore the classic earmarks of a Russian or Soviet intelligence operation. There's not a shred of evidence that that was true. It was completely Andy, we know baseless. now they don't have any idea what a Russian intelligence operation looks like, even well, though they that, told us that they did, because they yeah. dug into this be, for the same reason, right? Because they were so smart about this stuff. And I also think you can't underestimate the importance of, you know, what some people call Trump derangement syndrome that took over right. in these agencies and continued to take over even when it came to the Hunter Biden laptop, Andy. Yeah, well, the, the scandalous thing here is that I think we now know in the history of this that will be written is that the intelligence and law enforcement apparatus of the government was put in the service of the po politics of one party in connection not only with an election, but when that failed, uh, it was sustained for another two years in order to hamstring a sitting United States president uh, who, no matter what you think of him, was the elected president that uh, that needed to govern the United States. And they did this for partisan reasons. You know, there's bad and worse here. Maybe you're right that they wouldn't know, you know, Russian disinformation if it hit them over the head like a hammer. Well, we just, I I, the only reason I say that, Andy, is because we have two very good examples now, right? Yeah, no. We have this Russian collusion, hundreds of pages say the FBI never should have started this investigation. Then we have 51 former CIA and intelligence officials saying, you know, that Hunter Biden's laptop is just a big Russian disinformation thing. No, actually, it's Hunter Biden's laptop. And he never right. even said it wasn't. Yeah. But my point, Martha, is that um, what if they what if the truth is worse? What if they do know what an influence mm. operation is, but they're just lying about it? And if you yeah. can't trust them, then we can't trust them to wield those powers. And it's not like if we take those powers away, it's going to be fine because we'll be safe. We need those powers to protect the country. So when they rolled the dice for partisan reasons, what they put in the middle of the table were these powers that we need to protect the United States. The Untold Story continues right after this. 
Fox News Radio On Demand on the Fox News app. Download the app and just click listen. When you swipe left, you can listen to your favorite Fox News talk shows live. Swipe right for the latest Fox News Radio newscasts on demand. Fox News Radio on the Fox News app. Download it today. You know, and you also, I'm thinking of Peter Strzok, remember uh, how he said that he could smell Trump support at the Walmart and the back and forth, we will stop him. It appears, based on the evidence that we've seen over all these years, that they felt like they had this higher calling to block this person who had been elected president of the United States and that anything that you had to do to keep him from being successful was okay because they were going to protect us from something that they thought was dangerous and now it turns out that they had no hard evidence and and as you take it one step further perhaps it was intentionally um to, to misdirect how people felt about it the other thing is andy that occurs to me is the impact on the presidency right and on the president himself of being under this for all of that time right having this hanging over his head while he was president all this time. Where does he go to get that time back or that opportunity back that he might have had? Well, he doesn't get it back. And, you know, Martha, it's, it's, a, it's a timely point because the thing that's going on right now in front of our eyes is we have this scandal involving President Biden's family uh, cashing in on his political influence, it's absolutely obvious that Biden Justice Department cannot investigate the Biden administration. It has a profound conflict of interest. But the fact is, if you have a special counsel, special counsels are like the death knell of administrations. And I think that's the reason why they won't point one. And President Trump is probably exhibit one of that. That basically uh, sat on him and the country for the first two years of his administration, made it very difficult to govern. Yeah. Um, and now he is running again. And we'll he see is. where it all goes. Andy, thank you so much, Andy Thanks, McCarthy, Martha. for rolling with this. We have uh, have this copy that uh, is, was made available to Fox News by a member of Congress and was sent to Fox Digital. We're getting a look inside it. Uh, let's go to our correspondent, David Spunt, who's standing by. Hi, David. Hi, Martha. So from the Justice Department, we know Attorney General Merrick Garland received this report from Special Counsel John Durham last Friday. Garland read it over the weekend with his team. Uh, we are told by a senior DOJ official he did not make one redaction, didn't take anything out or didn't even add anything to this 306 pages, uh, directly transmitted it to Capitol Hill. And now we know uh, the report is public. And I think it's important that we go back uh, to the years when this happened, 2016, 2017, a very volatile time uh, in this country, no doubt. So when we hear about the FBI, we're hearing about uh, under the leadership of then FBI Director James Comey. Now, the FBI out with a new statement because no question, Martha, there are some scathing observations about the way that the FBI uh, handled uh, what some would say is preferential treatment toward the Hillary Clinton campaign. The FBI pointing out that they've put many different policies uh, in place since 2016 in the early days of the Trump presidency in 2017. And I'm reading here, quote, from the FBI, had those reforms been in place in 2016, the missteps identified in the report could have been prevented. This report reinforces the importance of ensuring the FBI continues its work with the rigor, objectivity, and professionalism the American people deserve and rightly expect. So as you were talking about with Andy McCarthy, a major theme here, and I've had a chance to just page through some of it, is crossfire hurricane, that 
uh, overarching theme of the uh, potential Trump campaign connections to Russia. And John Durham says on page 305, the second to last page, Martha, he says, quote, an objective and honest assessment of these strands of information should have caused the FBI to question not only the predication for Crossfire Hurricane, but also to reflect on whether the FBI was being manipulated for political or other purposes. Unfortunately, it did not, end quote. That coming from John Durham. So John Durham, we looked at the date, began in May of 2019. Uh, specifically, he was appointed May 13th, 2019, by then Attorney General Bill Barr. So we are four years and two days, uh, to be exact, over that date. He was special counsel in 2020. Uh, he was just the U.S. Attorney for Connecticut when he began. Then he became special counsel. And we've calculated, as of last September, uh, he spent over $6 million on this probe. Martha? $6 million and four years of work went into this report by John Durham. David, thank you very You're much. Welcome. With that, we bring in you Brett Tolman, former United States Attorney for the District of Utah and Executive Director of Right on Crime. Brett, you've followed this story from the beginning very closely. I'm looking at uh, some of the other networks out there, some of the other, there's some long faces uh, as they look at this and they put up on their screen that John Durham has concluded that the FBI did not have the substance to ever launch Crossfire Hurricane in the first place. Brett. Martha, thanks for having me on. You know, the first conclusion that I have is this this really does confirm that this was more an op than it was a valid investigation driven by reasonable suspicion where you open. That's the standard in order to open an investigation and then probable cause in order to pursue it further. Executing search warrants and, and the like. Um, we now know and see more plainly that this maybe it's more akin to the CIA op in getting the 51 to sign a letter saying that that uh, the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation. It, it reeks of manipulation. And it's very sad for, for those of us who served in the Justice Department to see that this has been happening um, at the top levels of the FBI and the, and the Department of Justice. Is there any reason to think, you know, I'm looking at James Comey's uh, Twitter feed. He hasn't uh, interestingly, he hasn't mentioned a word about this. He's uh, doing a book tour, but he hasn't had any reaction to this huge report, which really is scathing for him, Brett, um, under his leadership at the FBI, that he allowed this to continue without the kind of evidence that was necessary to pursue this, according to this independent special counsel report. Yeah, Martha, at best, it's Jim Comey um, already having an inclination to dislike and, and not want President Trump in, in the White House. And at worst, it's the participation by, you know, our agencies like the FBI in the manipulation. We may not know the full extent to whether it was one or the other, but at any rate, it was an absolute abject failure by Jim Comey, who was director of the FBI. Brett, thank you very much. Brett Tolman weighing in as we dig through John Durham's report, uh, which cost uh, millions of dollars and took four years. We bring in Carl Rove, former deputy chief of staff for President George W. Bush, co-founder of American Crossroads and a Fox News contributor. And Carl, your reaction to what you've learned so far on this? 
pretty explosive. Um, just a quick read of some of it. I mean, the FBI and the Justice Department failed to uphold strict fidelity to the law. Uh, this appears to be a comment on uh, getting a FISA warrant on a member of the Trump uh, circle of friends and supporters uh, without upholding the law. Uh, they, they, they went into leads provided or funded by Trump's political opponents, directly or indirectly funded. Uh, we're talking here about the so-called Steele dossier. Uh, he's critical of them not checking on that and then did not adequately examine or question the material they were given. Hmm. It, it seems like a, a pretty damning uh, commentary on the on the leadership of the FBI under James Comey and the Department of Justice as well. Yeah, you know, I'm struck by remembering, Carl, the day that Jim Comey was fired by President Trump and the sort of shock and horror that went around in inner circles in the media and in politics. Um, but if he hadn't been fired and he had still been in office, I think this is a pretty good document to demand that he be fired based on his oversight of his agency. Yeah. Well, first of all, uh, full disclosure, I'm, I've never been a fan of James Comey from my time in the Bush administration, where he was the deputy attorney general and where he appointed a special prosecutor who came after me for three or four years. So I'm not a Comey fan. I think he is uh, sanctimonious and arrogant. And uh, you can just see it in the way that he handled this investigation. He did not ask the tough questions that any head of the FBI ought to be asking about these sensitive matters that involved presidential candidates uh, in a an election year and uh, pretty condemning. And I got to tell you, it's a compliment to John Durham. This is one tough cookie. He was the U.S. attorney in Connecticut under George W. Bush. His job was to go after official misconduct. And that was a big priority for that office. And you may remember, he sent to jail the Republican governor of Connecticut. That's how tough this yeah, guy is, that. appointed by Republican president. And it didn't stop him from doing the right thing. This is an explosive report. Be interested to see, to read it all and look at it and hear more about it, but it's it's damning of the direct of the leadership of James yeah. Comey and of the Attorney General of the United States uh, under under uh, uh, Barack Obama. You know, Carl, there's so much egg on the face of so many members of the media right now who pushed this story and enabled it over and over again without doing the kind of fact checking that it re that it required, given the the magnitude of what they were accusing the candidate and then the president of the United States. And, you know, I, I have uh, just your reaction to that, first of all. I mean, I, I don't expect that we're going to see apologies across the board here for the Pulitzer Prizes that were given out, whether they'll be re you know recalled uh, for this coverage. But what do you think about that? Yeah, well, if they didn't recall the uh, Pulitzer given to the apologist for uh, Stalin's Soviet Union in the 1930s, they're certainly not going to recall these. But yeah, it's a egg on a lot of people's faces. And what's interesting to me is one person has largely escaped culpability for all of this. Hillary Clinton, whose campaign funneled money to an opposition research firm that in turn got this, uh, got the steel dossier organized and distributed. And, and talk about the ultimate political dirty trick. And yet thus far, she's been held little responsible for the result of her campaign being, uh, dollars being spent to, to you know, really uh, talk about disinformation to undermine the pinning of our democracy in 2016. 
Yeah, just briefly, this is the FBI's statement. The conduct in 2016 and 17 that Special Counsel Durham examined was the reason the current FBI leadership already implemented dozens of corrective actions, which have now been in place for some time. Had those reforms been in place, the missteps uh, could have been prevented. I'm summarizing a little bit there. Carl, thank you uh, very much. You've been listening to The Untold Story with Martha McCallum. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Make sure to rate and review for more podcasts. Go to foxnewspodcast.com. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. This is Jimmy Fallon, inviting you to join me for Fox Across America, where we'll discuss every single one of the Democrats' dumb ideas. Just kidding. It's only a three-hour show. Listen live at noon Eastern or get the podcast at foxacrossamerica.com.